0: And Trump tweeted yesterday, quote, I hereby demand and will do so officially tomorrow that the Department of Justice look into whether or not the FBI DOJ infiltrated or surveilled the Trump campaign for political purposes. Only Trump could open with the words I hereby demand and still be so lazy as to
1: add, but I'll do it tomorrow.
0: Wow. Wow. Um, wow. That, that uh, furthered the discussion not an inch. <laughs> well, it was just designed to be a joke, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was a joke, alright. A joke of a joke. So there
2: was a guy informing back to the FBI <laughs> hanging around the Trump campaign, and you either see That is scary, or you see Trump wanting to investigate that is scary. It seems to be you're in one of those two camps.
0: So we now have multiple investigations and some investigations of those investigations going on. I, meanwhile, am investigating those investigations. (laughs) All right. Well, I wish you well in that endeavor. Devlin Barrett is a reporter for The Washington Post who focuses on national security and law enforcement, and joins us now to discuss the multi-layered inquiries and controversies. Hello, Devlin. How are you, sir? Hey, how are you? Uh, we're, we're fine and dandy, although, you know, we what we try to do around here is try to figure out what's actually going on. Are
2: you a spy? Are you reporting back to the FBI, <laughs> everything we say? Uh, oh, boy.
0: No. Okay. no,
1: not at all. As uh,
0: opposed to uh, pitching a monochromatic uh, partisan point of view. And, and, and uh, I think an honest person has to admit there's at least a lot of danger where a, uh, a Justice Department decides to investigate a political campaign of the opposite party
1: right and that is you know the the concern and and frankly the accusation that a lot of republicans are are raising um and, and what they're arguing about now is exactly how that investigation was done and whether it was done uh, fairly or justly. Uh, obviously, the Republicans are making a lot of accusations. And for, for the Justice Department, it's a tricky situation because this investigation isn't over. And it's, it's very unusual to sort of uh, show many cards while you're still in the midst of an investigation. But that's essentially what some members of Congress and the president want done.
0: Because the Trump administration is demanding to see the evidence used to open the investigation and or plant to this gent from Cambridge. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's essentially they want to see the files related to a person, a Cambridge professor who um, essentially uh, tried to gather some early information for the FBI in the early days of this investigation back in the summer of 2016.
2: Do we have any idea how common that is? Uh, because i've heard people say it's unprecedented and i've heard people say it happens all the time
1: i really think when you ask the question of lawyers lawyers will say well this happens all the time because it is true that in any investigation one of the very first steps you take would be to find what's called a confidential human source you know some people sometimes they're informants sometimes they're just people who like to help the fbi uh essentially what they do what they call a brush up, meaning you go talk to them, you go sort of feel them out on a topic or two and see if there's a reason for the FBI to be alarmed. That is very common in FBI investigations and, in fact, is, is allowed even before they formally open an investigation. Uh, but here, obviously, the concern is, well, if you're doing that against someone in the political space, is that fair and, and the right thing to do?
0: So like much of what's being discussed in these multifaceted uh, investigations, there is a smallish legal question and a very very large political question.
1: Well, right, and I think a lot of what you're seeing is a legal investigation that's being that that's going on that we don't know a ton about in some ways, but the folks who are under investigation and the the allies of those folks are fighting back essentially on polit- on political terms. It's a, you know, Trump and his supporters often seem to be looking for a political answer to the legal questions and so that is what is happening I, I think that's part of what you're seeing here and i think that's what you see for well, example that, that Giuliani doing
2: that that can work i mean uh sure. bill bill clinton did have legal problems but as a political matter he was fine the, the public was not that worried about it
0: well right, in and- in the trump people's defense if they perceived that the obama administration was hell-bent on their destruction and was just searching around for some sort of legal pretext to destroy them then you know, I get that. That's defensible.
1: Right. And and there's another way that you think about what Bill Clinton dealt with. Bill Clinton had plenty of people who fought the uh, the Ken Starr Whitewater investigation for him. Bill Clinton didn't really engage in that personally himself. I think the difference here is that the president is personally engaging in that fight and in, in some days leading that fight. That is different, but that's more a different in tactic, that's not a different in stra- difference in strategy.
0: Yeah, well, well, I, well I would said. Very it. well said. I would advise
2: him differently myself, but yeah, you know he's yeah. not listening to me.
0: You know, Devlin, feel <laughs> free to quote me in the Washington Post. But our response to many uh, questions and accusations about things that the president says is. Trump says all sorts of crap, <laughs> um, and, and you just have to take it in a way that's very, very different than previous presidents. And,
1: you know. It's a very scientific analysis, and yeah. I think I suspect it's true. So
2: I get most of my legal information from TV lawyers, and one of my favorite TV <laughs> lawyers, Don, Jonathan uh, Turley, yesterday said uh, he, he can't imagine the Justice Department, si- uh, why they would sign off on having this informant in the Trump campaign. Again, it gets to the some people see this as unprecedented, and some people see this as routine.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. Most of the folks I speak to who are former justice and FBI officials see the use of an informant in this way. The use of a source, frankly, in this way uh, is is not that unusual. Obviously, it is a big step to investigate people around a presidential campaign. No one is arguing otherwise. But if you were going to do it, this is how you would do it. Yeah, the Um, the
0: brush up term is new to me. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's an old that's an old spy term. It, it's sort of you know it's you know a lot of times what uh, intelligence assets do is they go out and they try and make new friends and they try and learn what their new friends are up to. Hmm. Uh, a lot of time the targets of those brush ups don't really realize that it's it's a bit of a game and it's a bit of a manipulation until much later.
0: So uh, Devlin Barrett of the Washington Post is on the line. I uh, understand you're not an attorney, are you? I don't think no, so. Sir. Absolutely you, not. You've won many uh, fabulous uh, prizes, including yeah. the Pulitzer, but you are not an attorney. But um if I were to suspect that my partner Jack here is running for uh, the Senate, and I've heard he's selling Coke to finance his senatorial run, um, mm-hmm. and 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 the FBI says, "Wow, that's that's insane," and they just go to one of Jack's workers and say, "Hey, if you hear anything about people selling Coke to finance the campaign, would you give us a call?" That doesn't require a warrant or any big official, uh, you know, paperwork that no. sort of thing.
1: No, no, it doesn't. And that sort of thing is really not that uncommon. What What is uncommon, and this is where it gets a little complicated down in the weeds, is that sort of thing is supposed to stay tightly, tightly under wraps, especially during a campaign. Now, after the fact, if charges are filed or, or if the case is dropped, that's a different matter. But, you know, a big part of this process is it's supposed to say secret during the campaign.
0: Right. And Can you imagine if it was disclosed that a candidate was under investigation during a campaign? That would be outrageous.
1: <laughs> well, and sometimes it does happen, you know, I mean, look at, look at what happened. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a serious answer to a sarcastic question. I mean, it, it does happen and they try to prevent it, but they know it can't always be prevented. Are right.
2: we going to have, cam- I think we're going to end up with very paranoid campaigns in the future. If we, if we all come to the agreement that this <laughs> is routine. To. Well, yeah, <laughs> More more than we've ever had. You might have like a circle of the five friends you've had for 20 years and you won't let anybody else in in any meeting because you feel like everybody might be with the FBI.
1: My little rant is that the mixing of intelligence and politics is a really bad combination it 's a toxic combination, and it breeds distrust yep. not just between campaigns but within campaigns, within agencies, just within the government and everyone who's supposed to work together Amen brother uh, yeah it is a it is a bad combination overall, um, but that 's where we are now.
0: Hey, an opinion question for you, and feel free to pass if you'd prefer <laughs> not um. Is the incredible level of leaking out of the White House right now, you, you, is it because of the the somewhat odd uh, complexion of the Trump White House and the team, or do you just think in the decade of look at me, look at me, social media, that sort of thing will continue to be on the
1: rise? It's a, it's a really good question. I mean, for, first of all, I, I'll, I'll half-punt, which is to say I don't cover the White House, so the, the simple and clear answer is I don't really, I can't really speak to the White House uh, piece of it. I, I will say that I think social media and this sort of perpetual noise that is, you know, sort of uh, news and Twitter and, and Facebook and everything encourages that sort of thing Uh but I also think, you know, what people call leaking I, I tend to think of as talking. And I just think that's a part of human behavior. I, I think it rises and falls, but it's it's like the ocean. It comes in waves and it will always come. Well
0: we have corporal punishment around here for anybody who leaks any of our secrets. It's just By the our way, policy.
2: knowing what you're talking about. Show Mike... You guys running. Knowing what you're talking about might be a standard at the Washington Post, but it's not here in talk radio, my friends. So, uh, feel free to speak on anything as authoritatively as you want. Um, uh, yeah, that's interesting. You know, Trump is obviously different than, well, than anybody we've ever had, but he was the right man for the right times in terms of, uh, social media and, 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 and people feeling like all secrets should be out there and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's, that was in the air even before Trump
1: right and he he engages in a direct way that is you know something we haven't really seen in, in in a long time from from certainly a presidential candidate or a president the fact that you know he leads with tweets is still something that i think the country and the press and the government the rest of the government are adapting to. Right. And that's a tactical advantage for him, I think. I think it it, is, too.
0: I don't necessarily love it all, but I can picture a more dignified sort getting absolutely steamrolled or, or avalanched by... You know, you're, you're less responsible media slash social media sending their message out zillions of times a day while he sits and waits for the, uh, the slow-moving but uh, reliable machinations of democracy to work, blah, blah, blah. Not a, like sure. Jack said, I think Trump's more suited to the, the current battleground.
2: Defin- One of the Iranians, uh, Iranian leader, put out a tweet yesterday, you know, a strong reply, and I thought, wow, now they're responding
0: with tweets yeah. to things the president says. That's just the way it works now. Yeah. Yep. Maybe yep, we have more in common in. with Iran than we thought. Devlin Barrett, reporter for national security and law enforcement issues for the Washington Post. It's always enlightening, Devlin. We sure appreciate you taking a few minutes. Sure. Thanks. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, that's interesting <laughs> stuff. Good I, dude. I, I, Good I don't, dude.
2: I don't actually know, but Jonathan Turley, we played the clip later. He he said it's unprecedented, and he said it's highly troubling, and he can't imagine who signed off on allowing this to happen. Devlin says he's talked to a whole bunch of people who say it's not unprecedented and it's not that big a deal to sign off on it.
0: They famously. just heard that they were talking to the Russians a lot and asked one of their guys to see if you hear any scuttlebutt Boy, about I'm that. I'm
2: pretty uncomfortable with people pretending to be something else and informing back to the FBI. How would we feel if somebody did that in the show? Would we feel like, oh, okay, that's you? You're just trying to stop a crime from being they committed. They just gave him the old brush up. I I, uh, I gotta go, guys. I left the iron on. you go. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't like it.
0: I don't oh, like no. it at all. No, that would be a grave, grave uh, betrayal.
2: And it's something. And you, you think, you know, he, he laughed at my uh, idea that campaigns are going to get more insular, but they are going to get way more than
0: they even have yeah. been. Although at the heart of this, and this is not said often enough in my opinion, if Donald Jr. had met with the Russians 15 times... To say, listen, like during the transition, we ought to have better relations. Let's talk about what we can talk about. Or, or uh, I mean, anything short of espionage to advance the causes of Russia is merely a political matter. And and the people right. will vote whether they thought that was uh, a good idea or ill-advised.
2: Which the guy who was elected ran on. I'm going to have better relations with Russia. So.
0: And with all due respect to Joe Scarborough, for instance, and Mika Brzezinski's near-orgasmic use of the term collusion, um, it's just, it's not a thing.
2: <laughs> SNL's Morning Joe segment was really funny this week. I missed it. That that woman is so good at her Mika Brzezinski. <laughs> it's just, she she has her soul down.
0: It's so funny. Anyway, stay tuned. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Yeah, or you can email mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. What do you think of this mess? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
2: Uh, clarification, the tactics are commonplace. We got a, several texts from people who their
0: their tone is that they have some knowledge of this. Doesn't okay. mean they do, but... The old tone of knowledge, it's useful. <laughs> it's yeah. useful. It's, sometimes you can really bamboozle people.
2: It doesn't mean they know anything, but... So maybe you can legitimately say, yeah, these are common tactics. Is it common to do it in a presidential campaign of the opposing party? I haven't heard anybody say specifically that. Right. It's okay. a dangerous thing to do. It's a common thing to do with somebody you think might be with the mob. It's a common thing to, to do if you think there's, you know, uh, um, uh, welfare fraud going on. Is it common to do in presidential campaigns for the opposite party? Right. I'd like to hear somebody speak to that. Based on, what, the WikiLeaks thing? And do you just need a little bit of justification? The, the Bobby Kennedy signed off on spying... On Martin Luther King Jr., because he's tied in with communists and that sort of thing, maybe. Sure. And he's a political problem, and it'd sure be nice to know everything they think all the time, mm-hmm. so we know how to deal with it. You know, Nixon, he didn't go through the official channels, obviously, but his, his, his bugging the DNC headquarters is because he thought they were in league with the communists. He thought the anti-war protests, a lot of it was being driven by communists so seeds of, you know, same thing the Soviet Union's, do, or Russia's doing now. Right. He was afraid they were doing then. Um, and, and so that was his justification. And knowing what my opponent's going to do while I run against them would sure be
0: handy. So what is a, 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 a justifiable pretext for a legitimate investigation? What is an excuse to do something really, really useful? And some things can be both. Here's the question, yeah.
2: So any stuff you hear that would just be handy for your party, you're going to ignore? You're going to just set aside Mm -hmm. anything that you happen to hear in the meeting of the Trump campaign about how she's going after Hillary? Uh, who would continue your policies in office, you're
0: just going to ignore that stuff
2: and only focus on the Russian stuff. I find that pretty hard to believe.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, and and again, for the umpteenth time, there are aspects of the whole Trump thing I find off-putting, but I don't believe for a second that if WikiLeaks had hacked into Trump and his people's emails or the RNC and offered that stuff to John Podesta and he thought, you know, I can leak it half a dozen ways, I don't believe for a single second he'd have passed on that stuff. Not for a second. He's
2: pretty busy running his child sex pizza parlor. See,
0: no, he... No, no. No. Keeps keeps you busy. What? No. No. So the the, the feigned outrage I find very, very cute on the left over that. Most of this is politics masquerading as law. I mean, for instance, the Joes and Mikas of the world hammering CNN is just on fire about this. The term Collusion. Which is, it's a good rhetorical trick. They're borrowing a term from business law and applying it to any time Don Jr. had some meeting with some trollop from the Kremlin. I mean in business law it's significant. It's you know the monopolistic behavior getting together with a competitor to do something nefarious. That's an actual thing. All the but NFL in politics,
2: owners, all the NFL owners deciding not to hire Colin, Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick. That's collusion. Right.
0: Yeah, he ought to be on the friggin' field. I don't I agree with what he did, but he's a great football. Well, he's a good football player. Anyway, but but on the other hand he's a PR nightmare. So Are we under that now? Yeah. I'm sorry, I started it. What about the read option, Jack? What do you (laughs) think of that? No. So anyway, just the the politics is just so fevered right now. And some of you are into it. You know it, and you enjoy it, and you're cool with it. So who am I to criticize your, your hobbies? But man, a lot of what you're hearing in the media is just crap.
2: This guy who flunked out of college. Uh, years ago, he went a failure. He went and rented a cap and gown last weekend and then showed up and walked across the stage with the other graduates as just kind of a joke. And then he took a picture of himself, a selfie, and it's been retweeted eight gazillion times.
0: That's a good prank. It'd be easy to do. I don't know. Do I have to sit there and listen to all the speeches or can I run up at the last minute? I think it'd be damn easy to do. It yeah.
2: Almost any graduation. Yeah. Okay. Charlize Theron is going to play Megan Kelly in a movie about Roger Roger Ailes' fall from grace. Megan, is there a desire to is that see that going to be movie? a good movie? <laughs> <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> what are they paying her? She's a big star. Did they just yeah. need an attractive blonde to play Megan
0: Kelly? I guess that's. The is idea. it going to be like uh, <laughs> what well, was well, that the? That would be
2: best if you're casting Megan Kelly. I find. True.
0: Shut up, Meg. What is that? What was that movie with the Wapo that was so self-congratulatory about the how The Post. They, right. Yeah. With Tom Hanks. huh. Tom, you're better than that, Tom.
2: And San Diego now has a rubber chicken museum. If you'd like to know about the history of the rubber chicken, all laid out before you. I believe that is in Seattle. Okay, Jeff.
0: Seattle. Yes. Rainy and Space Needle or Beach?
2: Iranian Space Needle. Ah,
0: that would be Seattle. <laughs> so you can see Jimi Hendrix's guitar
2: <laughs> or the first rubber chicken your choice. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Williams?
3: we got a summit warm up. President Trump meeting with South Korea's president minutes from now, and the ACLU warning about Amazon's new recognition tool
2: allowing police to potentially track us all. Wow. Great. Coming up on The Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> got caught up reading this article in USA Today about Jimmy Fallon and how he became uh, successful. They, they got this series called How I Became A, and they talked to successful people. Oh. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about it more in a few minutes, maybe. Here's the key. Here's the key you might not understand. He worked his ass off and failed many times. Oh. So he's
0: lucky. Silver spoon. Exactly. Yeah, right. you got to know somebody. And a question. When did the decoration of cakes become such a hotbed of controversy in America? <laughs> Yet another tale of woe and anger from our nation's bakeries. Wow. Has it got anything to do with gay marriage? No, but this one is triple stupid. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's extra stupid.
3: News now with Marshall Phillips. Uh, setting the table, President Trump and South Korean President Moon are going to be meeting at the White House within the hour. The get-together coming just a few weeks before Trump's planned summit. With if you North-
2: serve dog at that table, Trump likes his well-done.
0: Oh, boy. Wow. Wow.
2: Their get-together coming a few weeks
3: before no the plan, the planned summit with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. North Korea threatening to pull out of the summit last week in a dispute over joint military exercises between the U.S. and South Korea, both sides negotiating in public back and forth, back and forth. Now, at this point, it's assumed the summit is still on. President Moon is said to be trying to give Trump some guidance for the upcoming meeting. I'll bet you got to
0: get on the same page dealing with a maniac. What, what's your current guess on how this turns out? Most likely... Decent sounding outcome that ends up looking foolish in five to seven years. Two Um, to seven
2: years. I would agree. I think foolish might overstate it because why wouldn't you do this?
0: Yeah, yeah. I just I mean in the same way that the great Madeleine Albright agreement ended up looking foolish, and the George W. Bush agreement ended up being flouted by the North Koreans. That doesn't make you a fool, but it makes it kind of it takes the fun out of it.
3: Another classified briefing going on on Capitol Hill today. Lawmakers getting briefed on election security this morning. Midterms on the horizon. Concerns growing about further attempts by Russia to meddle in the November elections. The Trump administration putting out a statement saying the nation's election infrastructure is a vital national interest that requires the commitment of federal, state and local officials. So they're getting briefed on what is going down as far as the
0: investigation into any possible Russian meddling in the upcoming elections. Just beware of federalizing it. And one more thought on North Korea: the the caveat I want to throw out is if the Chinese posture is fundamentally different than it's been in the past, that could yield a different outcome. But they're tough to tough to know what they're actually thinking. Well, did you see
2: Trump's uh, tweet from yesterday about how the borders become more porous again? And he was leaning on China to do the right thing. So China clamped down on not letting... Because everything has to come into North Korea illegally. Right. they sanctions so mm-hmm. hard that everything comes in illegally. And the Chinese had cracked down on the border where apparently it's gotten porous again and stuff's getting into North Korea again. Yeah. And Trump tweeted about that. China. That's going to be very frustrating. Sure. The ACLU
3: and other privacy activists are asking Amazon to stop marketing a powerful facial recognition tool to police. They say law enforcement could use the technology to easily build a system that would automate the identification
2: and tracking of anyone in the country. They're already doing it with our vehicles with no discussion and uh, no vote or anything on that. It just happens, and everybody seems to be cool with it because nobody cares about privacy. Now it's going to be our faces. We are we're just years away from the government knowing where we are all the time. uh, And and everybody seems to be okay with that, which is weird. The tool is called Recognition. It's already being
3: used in a limited form by the Washington County Sheriff's Office in Oregon to check photos of unidentified suspects against a database of mugshots. What
2: would the majority of Americans say about that? They would say, I'm not doing anything wrong, so I don't care. Right.
3: Well, but privacy advocates are concerned that Amazon's entry into this market can accelerate the use of facial recognition in body cameras worn by police officers or safety ca- cameras that monitor public areas, raising concerns about unlimited government surveillance.
2: Absolutely, and you know, I was talking about uh, the Kennedys, um, listening to the phone calls of Martin Luther King Jr. What would what 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 could be done to have, to stop the civil rights movement? You know, in today's era, right. if you've got this kind of technology, keep track of everybody.
0: USA stands for Universal Surveillance America. Oh, Marshall. Devastating. Think about it. Ariana Grande reportedly has got a new man in her life. Yes, I saw this. People reporting the singer... Unless it's the president, I don't care. This is pretty interesting. I can't interesting. imagine. Uh, this, this is I deny that
2: it will be interesting. I read the whole article about it, All and, right, and I barely know who Ariana Grande is.
3: I stand ready to hear this. People reports the singer is casually dating Saturday
2: Night Live cast member Pete Davidson. The reason I find that interesting is he's a very strange-looking yes. dude. Yes. I think his appeal is his openness about his mental illness. That's what's really put him oh, on the map. Oh, that guy. Yeah. That's what's kind of vaulted him to um, uh, to fame. Is it, it, Nobody's ever talked that uh, uh, humorously and openly about mm. being mentally ill or coming from such a dysfunctional family. Wow.
3: Yeah, they uh, met back in 2016 after she hosted an SNL
2: episode, and it was... Like at first sight. Doesn't it seem like the, if you're a cast member, yeah. you just look at the seasons, who's hosting, and do I get to date them? Because uh, what's his name? The head writer who went to oh, Harvard. Right. Colin Jost. He's yeah. dating uh, Scarlett Johansson right. because she hosted. And at right. the after party, they started talking. Wow. Now, Pete Davidson doing the same thing with Ariana Grande. So if you're a young single guy or girl, you just got to look at the who's hosting. Wait for the big party after the show. And make your move. In, and in yeah.
3: line. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis met uh, his now right. wife, Olivia Wilde. Right.
2: Similar thing. Right.
3: LeBron James is sending the Eastern Conference Finals back to Boston, all tied up at two. James going off for 44 points, in the Cavs' 111-102 win over the Celtics in game four. LeBron Storms
0: toward the basket, in on Tatum, lays it up, and lays it in. 27 now for LeBron. 189 Cavaliers as we approach the midway point of the fourth quarter. Play some defense, you drunk mix. So the Celtics. (laughs) I I insist on the uh, use of the term Celtics on the Armstrong and Getty Show, but I will, you know, indulge in a little.
2: Celtics are winless on the road in the playoffs. Odd. Yeah, they win all their games at home. Can't win anywhere else. That is odd. That is odd. Meanwhile, Mm. you got the Warriors.
3: You're not going to win a ring that way, Drake. (laughs) <laughs> you got the Warriors forward, Andre Iguodala, doubtful for Game Four of the Western Conference Uh-oh. Finals tonight against Biggie. Houston. He's got a sore left knee. Well, so do I. I came to work. <laughs> yeah, there he doesn't go. want it
0: bad enough.
3: Uh, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the
0: conscience of a nation. Put the needle to him. Send him out there. Never mind needles. the fact that they've got like eleven All Stars yeah. on that team. <laughs>
2: Consumer Reports, which once had the Tesla as like the greatest vehicle that it was ever made, right. is not recommending the Model 3. Wow. Kind of interesting development for Tesla. What gives? Are they anti-muskers? Among other things we got coming up. Is this Ariana Grande here? Yeah. I got to pay off this stupid, stupid bakery story. Yeah, I want to hear that. Could do Sweden's welfare state. I tease that. There's just so much to talk about. On the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: I heard that the royal wedding
0: reception was a lot of fun. Apparently, Elton John performed Circle of Life from The Lion King.
2: Then Prince Charles did a very drunken performance of I Just Can't Wait to Be King. It's like, all right, yeah, we get it, dude. I can't wait. All right. right. There you go. Uh, I like Jimmy Fallon, though. Uh, article in USA Today about how he became famous. Kind of interesting. Just a couple of highlights is... His mom heard on the radio they were having a radio contest uh, for anybody who could do impersonations. And she said, you do impersonations in your room all the time, I hear you. And so he entered, and he won $500. Wow. And he was blown away, because he'd been working since he was 13, and that was so much money compared to how hard he usually had to work to make any money. Ah, yes. And he started entering talent shows, and his dad would drive him around to different places all over entering talent shows. And he ended up, because people thought he was funny, with a gig at a uh, comedy place as a high schooler, doing stand-up and that sort of stuff. Went, on a, went off to college where he uh, put on comedy shows while he was in college. Sent around videotapes trying to get work. Moved out to L.A. Did uh, classes and that sort of stuff. And gazillion tries out tryouts while living on people's couches. Tried out for Saturday Night Live. Didn't get the job. They gave it to Tracy Morgan. He was depressed. Went back to L.A. Continued. I'm okay
0: with that decision. Pretty
2: Tracy pretty Morgan yeah. was hilarious. He's very funny.
0: Yeah. I want to make that pregnant. <laughs>
2: Went back to L.A., continued to live on couches and try out various stuff until Saturday Night Live called him back. He went back again. Did his um, Adam Sandler impersonation for this tryout, which Lauren Michaels busted up laughing. <laughs> and Lauren Michaels famously never laughs at anything, but he thought that was hilarious. Have you ever seen wow. Jimmy Fallon's Adam Sandler? I don't believe I have, freaking or I do it <laughs> It's freaking funny. Anyway, he got the job that way, but uh. you know what he did? He worked really, really hard. He and didn't really build that. Real, and really, He really, didn't
0: build that. And was really poor. He drove to those auditions on roads. So everybody joins in. Let's all be communists. for age thirteen.
2: From age 13 on. Anyway, good yeah. story. And yeah. I remember Seinfeld saying one time, Jimmy Fallon's the most normal person he's ever met in show business.
0: Right. I like Jimmy Fallon. His uh, imitations, particularly his musical ones, are amazing. He's As a, a comedian, talented guy. I'm all right with him. But, you know, he's a talented dude, no doubt. And it seems like a nice fellow. Uh, so, uh, listen, uh, uh, cake-based controversies are much like cake. I get tired of it pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> the first piece is fantastic. The second cake controversy is, oh, I can feel kind of sick. <laughs> just, everybody's whipped up about decorating cakes. You got this I'm not entirely comfortable with this story. You got this kid. He graduates from his high school program uh, with a, almost a 5.0 average in the coveted honor of Summa Cum Laude. Okay. And his mom ordered a graduation cake from uh, the nearest grocery store. It's the Publix chain. It's big on the in the eastern part of the U.S. Um, and uh, and uh, she typed the word she wanted. Congrats, Jacob. Summa Cum Laude, class of 2018. But they rejected the, the <clears throat> not the summer or the loudy. Gotcha. Okay. They wouldn't, and and they sent it back with asterisks instead. And she wrote back. She said, "No, no, no. It's it's um it's it's Latin. It, it means with." And she included a link to a website in explaining the meaning of summa cum laude. And she didn't think much about it until the cake arrived. And it was summa dash 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 laude. Which is That's just so crazy stupid. But, you know, this whoever's in charge of the cakes is, a, an dope, idiot. is a
2: dope. He's an idiot. a dope. Was not summa cum laude.
0: Well, right. Not that sh- sh- really shocking. Wow. They're whipping up cakes at the local Publix, which is honorable work. My wife has worked at a grocery store. It's fine, but yeah, I just, you can't get too upset about it, can you? Although they say it ruined his day. Oh good lord! <laughs> You're oh, devastated. Wow. Loss of consortium. You'll be economic all right.
2: losses. You'll be all right. Emotional harm. Um, how's the nation's moral compass doing? Well, USA Today has analyzed uh, some questions that were asked 50 years ago, which would be 1968. No oh boy. To some questions asked today, the two that stood out to me. Uh, 50 years ago, more than 65 percent of Americans said religion was very important in their own lives. Sixty-five percent, so which is you know almost exactly two out of three. Um, The interesting part to me—I got turned to the wrong page. I'm using an old-fashioned newspaper, ladies and germs. It's quaint, isn't it? It's kind of fun.
0: What is this? The olden days. I know.
2: It's kind of fun. Uh, If I can find the right page, it's fun. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time. Yeah. So, oh, anyway, now, almost two thirds. Now say. it is 51% of say religion is very important in their lives. Wouldn't you have guessed it was lower? I certainly would have. Certainly, the way you take in media, the the uh, um, news media and just TV and movies, they would lead you to believe that we're nowhere close to half of the country say religion is very important in their lives mm-hmm. and portray anybody who would say that as kind of a nut. Right. But half the country says it is. I thought that was interesting. The other question, now this one has changed a lot. 50 years ago, this is pre-Watergate. Do you use the internet? (laughs) That's that's a huge difference. (laughs) Almost nobody used the internet. Um, 62% said they trusted the government all or most of the time. All or most of the time, trust the government,
0: 62%. Wow. That
2: one's changed slightly. That was
0: 1968, is my math correct? Yeah. Okay.
2: That one's changed slightly as it's now 18%. And 62
0: to 18? Yeah. Holy cow. G- Watergate. Yeah. I'll bet it changed like crazy in you know 73, 74. That is and it's continued uh, to erode.
2: Yeah. That's a major change. Yeah. Well, the our reporting on all that stuff's a lot better too. True. But how how easy was it? to order $30,000 worth of furniture as the secretary or something other back in the day and it never made the paper or Mm -hmm. never got any attention. Right. Like, it it would have been easy. Sure. Yeah. I I look at, like, time-sensitive or, like, historical kind of reenactments and recreations or documentaries, and how was everybody not a criminal all the time? It was impossible (laughs) to get caught for anything. Right.
0: Social cohesion. Right. So, Jack, according to some, that's a 44-point gap. Thank you. Um, what? How much of that is better information? How much is cynicism? How much is changed behavior by those in power?
2: I've got an interesting story. One of my favorite things I've ever heard about politics. I don't remember if Bill Clinton told the story or Bob Dole told the story, but it was them having a conversation. Did
0: he sound like this or more like this?
2: Bob Dole, who was the Senate Majority Leader, a Republican, and had been in town since uh, the end of World War II.
0: Bob Dole listens to Armstrong and Getty. Okay. Says who? Bob Dole
2: says who? And apparently we've interviewed Bob Dole. Um, <laughs> yes, we did. I remember it well. Uh, I think I asked him something about Kansas because I'm from near where he's from. But anyway, um, when Bill Clinton got to town as president, he asked the Senate Majority Leader, he said... Bob Dole. He said, is this town more corrupt now than it used to be or less? And Bob Dole said, oh, way less. Way less. Mm. And Bill Clinton said, Do you think people think it's more corrupt or less corrupt? And he said, Oh, people think it's more corrupt. Mm-hmm. So it was much less corrupt. This would have been in 92. I don't know if it's still true, but I'll bet it is. Much less corrupt than it was back when he first showed up in the 40s, late 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people's view of it was much more cynical. How interesting. That doesn't surprise me. No. Because, well, like Sean sense. said, just the ability to get away with things. Yeah. And uh, and human nature hasn't changed. So your ability to just, to rip people off, government was smaller, so you didn't have as much opportunity. Right. But um, yeah, the 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 willingness to do it was always there, and there was so little reportage on it. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I've ever used that word in my entire life. Well done. I didn't like the way it
0: felt. I'll nah, never say it again. It's fine. You'll get used to it. I'm glad I was here for it. <laughs> yeah, that absolutely rings true. It's it's interesting. Uh, you know. I find myself wondering, though, if you used to have 40% corruption of a hundred billion dollar pie, now you have 10% corruption of a 500 trillion dollar pie, do you have less corruption or more? Good question.
2: Uh, Good question.
0: The answer is yes.
2: Uh, That Bob Dole clip is funny. It is. Because he kind of messed it up, but we weren't going to ask him to do it again, and... So we moved on with our lives. Elderly World War II hero. Again, wow, what, are we
0: going to berate him or make him do it over and over again? Take, no. take two! Hey, hey, Bob, try to spit it out right this time. <laughs> I prefer people who
2: don't get caught by the Italians. Teddy <laughs> would what said.
1: Wow! What?
2: Wrong, sir! <laughs> Wrong! Inappropriate!
1: You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.